Are you ready, my good sis? I totally forgot about all of this shit that we were going to talk about. Two, two, point, two questions. The first, you can't hear that fucking bunny rapping? Mm-mm. Okay, good. Because it's, it's ridiculous. God damn it. Okay. Why would anybody care about any of this? Why? Are you ready? No. Okay, you're not ready. Well, here we go anyway. Is this fun? Is this fun for you? Because I feel like... Welcome everyone to the fourth episode of Two Legitimate with Brian and Wade. <laughs> wide. It's so Hi, good everybody. to see you. It's Wade and it's, Brian. It's, it's Wade and Brian. It's so good to see you, buddy. It's a Sunday morning afternoon and it's beautiful. You're looking like the money. It's a Sunday morning afternoon? Yes, Uncle Grandfather. <laughs> Well, I guess time zones. That's uh, happy, happy afternoon morning to you, sir. Top of the afternoon morning. Top. It's 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 the afternoon of the morning. So <laughs> we're having a good time. The twilight to- of the dawn of the morning. Yes, yes. It's the upper, middle, lower portion of the morning of the afternoon. So yeah, it's like the upper, lower, middle one percent of the class, top of the middle tier. It's like right there in the center of the average of the high. Yes, that's very true. Very true. We're having a good time. This is episode four of Two Legitimate on the Multimedia Men Podcast Network, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, all of the good stuff. We're having a great episode today. We are going to be talking about beer. That's our that's our main focus today. We're gonna to be talking about beer. We're gonna be talking about our main debate. A little later, we're going to be talking about our beers and movies and television shows, and of course, our unfiltered signal, our our classic rewind, what have you, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. But first, we're going to get to our cocktail portion, which is not a cocktail this episode. We're going to be talking about the beers, the beers. This episode is called me, hey guys and ladies, lend me your beers. Mm. Hey peeps, lend me your beers. All right. Le- no, your- there's definitely beer cocktails too, but that's we just said, hey, let's just talk about a nice beer, especially after our crazy rum episode. Where, right. Uh, that, Have you recovered? Where, yeah. Did you recover from the rum episode? I am still recovering. That's why we're taking a nice, easy coast into the beer week, right? Okay, good, good. So before we get into our little beer uh, episode, tell me. Um, what was the first beer you ever had? Do you remember this? Because this must have been like 50 years ago for you. So, I was actually a, a late bloomer in drinking. I, I never had a sip of alcohol until high school graduation evening. Like I never had a sip of dad's beer or mom's margarita or anything. Why was that? Because you're a pretty big drinker. So you I don't know. Did you t- catch I, up for lost? Take that as a compliment. I mean, or are you, or is this turning into some other kind of intervention type episode? No, I mean <laughs> we could do the intervention, but I mean, most... all right. My parents are coming in on the Zoom right now as we're talking. Right? Yes, no, but you know, you say you had it didn't have it until graduation. A lot of high yeah. schoolers or most high schoolers would have had like a wine cooler or something until then, but you didn't. So you you waited. No, well, I mean, it was purely choice, right? It was like one of those where I, I was a pretty straight-laced student, um, you know, focused a lot on studies, did a lot of sports. I did sports 
all year round, even in the summer and all that. And there were plenty of buddies of mine that would go out and party. And I don't know if it was feeling above that or superior to it or just not seeing my friends impaired and and not appreciating you know that or something like that you know it's like hey man let's go get hammered and puke on our shoes and it's like oh that was so much fun last weekend when I, you know it was just something that never really kind of uh appealed to me but i did like the social aspect of it so i'd occasionally go out to the parties and stuff i would just never be the one drinking and i had a couple buddies that were kind of in a similar boat as me so it made it easy to kind of congregate that way um and then high school graduation i was like hey, what the heck you know let's just um let's just get a little crazy with it you know i'll have a shot and then and then it turned into a couple and then there was some wine and then there was some beers and other things going on it, it turned into a whole thing but the first um the first beer memory that i have that's really solid in my head was actually a little bit after that when um you know i i, I was i got the privilege of actually kind of um going around uh spending a couple of weeks kind of touring through europe after uh high school graduation right before college um you know it was it was a car or europe and i i chose the europe thing and the experience i usually pick experience over a thing every time anyway but so i did that and i remember being in paris at a grocery store and and mind you i graduated high school at 17 too so i was still um well hello mr fancy pants and so long-winded story i remember getting this beer from the grocery store in paris called cronenberg 1664 and i've still had it a couple times since then and it uh yeah and so that's my first solid beer memory is cronenberg 60 1664 from the aisle in paris and drinking that on the way home what kind of fucking story is this? You peaked at like 18, you dick. I was in Paris at the market and I had this crazy beer. You know what my first beer was? It was either a Keystone or Natty Light in Austin at a horrible frat party when I was 17 years old. Yeah. And then you come in with your aristocratic beer in Paris. What is this? We talked a few episodes ago about how you had this in flagrante delecto house party going on at your thing at like 16 or something like that you're asking me about but but to be fair yes the, to be so fair. i uh i i i i'd like to think that you know it's all been downhill since 17 yeah yeah I, you, you peaked at 17 <laughs> but it wasn't even that solid a peak this peak is that i had a i had a cheap french beer from a grocery store once that was the peak <laughs> so it's really been a it's been a life well lived it was so that was your first beer which is an incredible story you were impaired i mean this is like very romantic and like crazy i had no idea so in addition to your first beer i take it this wasn't the best beer you've ever had but no. what is the best beer you've kind of ever had like was was it the best beer taste wise or was it like a best beer uh, kind of like the setting like either like you were a hot summer day and just like the a cold miller light was like the best taste on this hot summer i don't know what's the best beer you ever had i well i i think that you're you're capturing it well though it's like to me the the best beer i've had the again awesome opportunity to have so many great things since then it's like i've had really really bad shit beer and i've had really really good stuff too 
and um had the opportunity to have like really limited run stuff too it's like because i really fell into beer hard after you know college i did all the cheap stuff and then after that um but to me my favorite beer memories are always centered around uh the people i'm with and the and the, the other things going on so it, it's it's one of those where there's funny stories and times and stuff but i mean again having um you know for work i get to travel a lot so i'll occasionally like I got really solid ones of sitting in a beer hall in Munich, you know, and having beers. Um, I've had plenty of good ones with you too. You know, we've had the opportunity to kind of have just sitting out on the back patio, having a Lone Star and great conversations and, and fun times on a hot Texas night. And that's, that's one of my favorite memories too. So it, it's, it's one of those where it, if we're talking pure quality of beers, things, you know, the IPAs and the fancy things, it's all over the place, but it's just, but the things I cherish more than saying I've had uh, Pliny the Elder or, you know, some fancy beer is saying I've had great beer experiences with my friends like you. Oh, well, you're very sweet. Um, I'm going to piggyback yeah, off we of that. Yeah, we should, we should, we should make out. You won't make out. Um, so I had similar. So I have a few instances of the beer. Like one of them is definitely in Lawrence, Kansas. I don't remember what year, but it was a really hot day. And it was at the crossing, which mm. um, the crossing, for those who don't know, was a really shitty dive bar that only served like two beers, like Bud and Bud Light. But then it, on Monday. It was at the end of the campus, right? Yes. So like the campus kind of runs linear along the whole thing. And then this bar would sit just off campus at the end of the road. And it had this nice little outdoor deck. Right. And then on Mondays, they had uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon cans for 25 cents each. And I remember one day, real hot day, uh, some of the friends and roommates or whatever, we were just out sitting on one of those, you know, gross wooden benches, having a PBR, and it just tasted so good. So good. Another one to that uh, was actually with you, Wade. It was the first time I ever had a sour at that Wichita brewery for your uh, your bachala pate. Your first time you introduced me to a sour and I loved it. And I've been drinking that ever since. It made me so happy. I got moist, I got wet and I really enjoyed it. You remember, what was the name of that place? Yeah, shout out to Central Standard Brewing Company. Yes. And uh, yeah, award-winning sours coming out of there it's really low runs and they don't do a lot of canning and and, and dist distribution but uh they make it's one of those where they just make it and sell it in-house and they make super quality award-winning beers it's awesome yeah no it was really good and so and then the other one to that uh a few years ago um went to austin to dripping springs and went to jester king uh brewer house and it's just tons you introduced of, me to jester king it's awesome man being out there because it's on like many acres of farmland and so there's like little huts and barn houses that you can go to with their different beers and the brew thing and it was just kind of cool to go to each of them and just have these crazy fermented fruit vegetable beers oh my god it was so good isn't that so, the craziest thing though it's like here i'm gonna go kind of tangential for a second but it's like that today i mean it, it, it's about the terroir. It's about the about the area, the locale, the area that it's made in. But there's beer made everywhere in the country now, and it's one of my favorite parts of traveling today. Is going whenever I go to like a new state or area or wherever. It's like try and go check out like a local brew pub. No, and for sure. See what they're making. Well, because you know when I was much younger, I would say even in the year two thousand one or two, 
uh, in college, I met my parents on a trip, I think it was Colorado. And we went to, I don't know if it was Colorado or was it Missouri? I don't remember, but we are Tennessee, but I went to actually the Budweiser, the big Budweiser plant, did the tour, did the whole thing. So back then, even like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, there wasn't all these craft breweries like there are now. I mean, in Dallas alone, there might be like 70 craft beer breweries that you can go and have all these little indie local beers. And that's, you know, when you go to, you travel to another location, you got to hit up the record stores, you got to hit up the tiki bars, you got to hit up these breweries and distilleries. And that's like a really cool market. And I love it. In fact, I would put the breweries first, generally. It's one of the even if I'm in like an airport, you know, and it's like, they'll have like a local brewery yeah. that will have a thing inside an airport. I'm like, okay, I got to swing by here and just grab some, just to check out the local flavor. Yeah. And it's, it's one of my favorite things now. No, it's, really- it's, it's kind of like how wine was a long time ago where it's, and the, the, I, it, I mean that both in a positive and a negative way where um, that, that basically the, the, the wine represented the regions of France and, and even of the U.S. and South America and everywhere else that they make wine, that the wine actually represents the area. And I think that happens the same way with beer, and that's great. But the thing that makes me nuts is the snobbery that comes with that sometimes. Like beer snobs make me nuts, where it's just like, you know, it, it's like everybody, I, I love it that you're passionate about a thing, but because you should be, and, and people should chase their passions. It's like, you know, and sometimes you don't find your passion, your passion finds you. And I get that. And it's like, you get hit with that Cupid's arrow and you just got to go with it. But um, it makes me nuts though, when somebody gets crawls up their own ass about it. And then all of a sudden is trying to tell other people how they should be enjoying things or how they should be doing it. It's like, you know, your favorite beer is the beer you love to drink the way you like to drink it. Right. You know, people get all wrapped around the axle on like a frosted mug and shit like whatever. You know? Yeah, drink it. I I I like my yeah. Miller Lite in a plastic cup. What? That's what I order. <laughs> oh, that's 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 bad though. You should. That's that. that's bad. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some beers today. Dub beers. Um, dub beers. Dub beers. So Wade, please tell and show the listeners out there, the viewers, what beer you have today. I mean, really, you should just rebrand this as Tell and Show, because, I mean, that's very clever. Tell and Show. Tell and Show. Pin and Tell. How about I do show. a little show and then tell? Yeah, Tell and Show. So the one I the one I picked out for this one is one that I love. Uh, you know, I live out in the Pacific Northwest now in the Seattle area, and tons of awesome places out here, too. You know, you talk about Zebedee. It's been ridiculous amounts of breweries out here. And the one that I picked out was Quilter's Irish Death. Oh, here we go. There we go. And have you ever had this before? I have not, but the cans. Have you ever awesome. heard of it? I have not. It's it's local out of Washington, right? And this one is awesome. It is a dark, smooth ale. They call it smooth ale, but it's a dark ale. But this thing packs a punch. It's like 7.8%, but you would never know it draining it. I mean, it, it's like, it, it tastes like a 4%. If you, if the alcohol, con- this is one of those that sneaks up on you that you don't know about. So really? Yes, so you got to be careful with it, but it's fantastic. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick pour, so you can see. Do a quick pour. Oh, look at that! Look at it go. You're you're doing well, buddy. Thank you. But it's a, it's a nice dark one, and like like the can says, super smooth. Um, and it's awesome. 
it is awesome. There's tons of awesome breweries out here. And I, I, I kind of struggled on which ones to kind of talk about, but this is one. If you get the chance to get this, it's awesome. You should try it out. Oh, good, good. What about you? What'd you grab? So I was looking at, and I just saw this. It looked very simple. Um, I, so I kind of went by the, the simplistic nature of the bottle. So I don't know what to expect, but um, I went with, uh, I went with, if I'm pronouncing it right, Degar. Can you see it? Degar? Now, it's now a trip- you just described this as simple. First of all, it's a 750 mil like champagne or wine bottle looking thing here. Yeah, yeah. it's got a cork. It's a Belgium triple ale. And oh. this is the house beer for the famous pub in Bruges under the same name, Degar. Um, and it, the, this pub is what I've read is that it's kind of like a speakeasy. It's concealed down a long alley and only like people in the know know where they can find this. And this uh, packs 11% alcohol. <laughs> so, so just so that we're clear here, you said you wanted to go simple. So you got a 750 mil... Belgian Trappel made by Trappist monks in Bruges. Yep. And th- this is your simple pedestrian. What yes. the hell are you talking about? The, the beer is brewed by... Yeah, I did. The beer is brewed by uh, Brewers Van Steenbers. I don't know how if I'm saying that right. But I'm very excited about this. Because, I mean, when I say I went one... I hope sim- you hate it. I hope you hate this shit. Why? There's right. Pro- so it's probably it. pretty pricey too, right? It looks fancy. Um, I think it was about ten bucks, eleven bucks, and maybe right, that's, that's that's actually, I mean, out here that would at least be double that. So that's that's actually a good product. Please don't explode. Turn turn the bottle, not the cork. Perfect. We, we're gonna have a whole champagne etiquette discussion one day. Okay, okay, here we go. We're gonna pour it. In oh here, you got your fancy glass too. This is this is the sim- this is the simplicity. You're you're a fancy young man. You know that. I like the finer things. You're a da- you're a dandy. You are a right Dallas dandy. That sounds amazing. It smells delicious. Oh my! What does it smell like? Victory. Um, it smells like a little fruity. Um, yeah, actually. The trapels tend to be fruity. Is it, is, does it have like any spicy notes to it or anything on the nose? Doesn't it not spice? It's like more, it's like sweeter. Sweeter, no yeah. sourness? A little bit of sour, yes. Sweet and sour. Yeah. Okay. Which like it almost has like a one? hint of like a sweet citrusy with a little bit of this sour an, in it. So, so the Irish death here, this is an ale. So it's already kind of a little top fermented. It's a little bit kind of clean, but it has like a roasty kind of thing going on. So let's try them out. Let's see how it goes. L'chaim. Hey, cheers. Ooh, that's good. God damn. And this does not taste like 11% alcohol. Oh my God. If I drank this whole bottle. Whew. Well, I mean, I call that pulling a wave. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to those that missed our rub episode, skip it. I, I don't even remember the end of it. I'm sure it's... I'm sure Ooh, it's my, that's really good. So, yes, um, Degar, uh, triple Belgium ale, please, if you find this. That is really good. It's it's really smooth, and it's like... This is one of those beers you could actually have on a hot summer day and not feel heavy. Oh, bullshit. Who is going to go out on a hot summer day and drink? Excuse <laughs> me, everyone. I'm going to... Take seven turns and pop open this champagne bottle fear, 
filled with Belgian trapel made in Bruges. Be- 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 Get out of here with that. <laughs> no, it really is. It's really like it's it's light. Degar, please. We don't even know how to pronounce it correctly. That's how nice it is. So. Degary? Yeah, it's Gary. Yeah, it's Gary. It's Gary's beer. <laughs> is the side beer like the Delary? It's you know what though I'm I'm actually very interested. I will absolutely never never try that. But <laughs> <laughs> I I do like some Belgian ones occasionally. I think to me like those Belgian trapels and quads and stuff. Those are like um, having a couple and that's it. I can't do a lot of those because it does get all fruity and. D- but spicy this, I mean, it is like well balanced, man. It tastes good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Yeah. Goes well with Miller Lite. Well, I appreciate you introducing me to something new. And hopefully, I don't I don't know how big. Um, this is from Iron Horse Brewing Company, by the way. I'm sorry. Um, Irish Death is made by Iron Horse Brewing Company here in Washington. If you guys get the opportunity to try one, I absolutely recommend it. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome because uh, it's... It's good, you know. Normally, I'm very a seasonal drinker. Like I'll drink lighter beers in the uh, hotter months, and and like kind of darker, heavier beers in the colder months. This is one of the few beers I can say you can have it kind of year round. That rocks it out. The beers. So yeah, that was good. The Gary and the Gary. The Irish death. <laughs> the Irish death and the Gar, the Gar. Uh, relation to Tarragal. Okay, so we are we had our we had our cocktail, we had our beers. We're gonna we're getting into it. So let's get into um, our our main debate. Our the big issue here. The big issue. The, the wind weight up segment, right? Where you yes. just really grind my gears. Yeah, we're we're grinding his gears perfectly right now. Uh, let, let let's get into this. So the big issue. We've talked about a few things before. We talked about. <laughs> you know, censorship, Disney, cancel culture. We've talked about rated R versus PG-13. We talked about Snyder Cut, all that good stuff. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about digital versus analog, physical media as opposed to digital media. Is it needed? Should it be the thing to do? Do you go digital? Do you go analog? Does it even matter? Stuff like that. So I guess... Let's start out with kind of our background on that. I believe at least growing up until, you know, over the last few years, Wade and I are, were pretty big media, uh, physical media aficionados. We, we like records. We like CDs. We like DVDs, Blu-rays. We like the physical aspect of media. I believe that. Um, yeah. We collect and stuff like that. But as time has gone on since maybe 2010, to now over the past 10 years there's been a big digital renaissance where just everything is going digitally you can't get things on physical media other than digital they're making exclusive only digital wise uh and whatnot so and with the streaming wars and stuff like that it's uh you one could say even during covid times physical media almost petered out but uh, it's still hanging on there so wide um is is everything still going digital or do you see more things switching back reverting back to physical media everything's going digital it's it, it, that it's 
that's where we're going to end up is that there there won't be physical media down the road i mean th there will be some right it's like there's some people that still do like vhs tapes and whatnot but um the the uh i'm sorry so my, my kid can you hear my kid i can't I'm, so I'm like, ah, ah, ah. it's just like all of a sudden I'm just yelling off camera here. It's like, <laughs> the um, so when we're talking about physical media, so yeah, like, is, is everything you say everything's going digital? Here, yeah, yeah. Let's reset that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you okay. so you think everything's going digital no matter what everything you you think some things will stay physical but you think everything I, I don't think physical will ever be extinct but i do think everything's going digital and that will be how people consume media there'll be like collectors and antique stores and all that other stuff that will still have physical media around um but it, it just comes down to um the you know, the, the nature of a lot of what we're talking about is uh, art, right? I, you know, whether we're talking books, music, video, TV, movies, whatever. And from the, from the average consumer perspective, they just want to consume the art. And it doesn't really, the, 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 the method of transmittal is less important. I mean, you look at kind of like, you know, our physical theaters are still going to be around in the future. Who, who even knows on that front, right? But I think that as long as people can get the satisfaction of getting the uh, getting the information that they're going to be satisfied enough to where not getting wrapped around the axle on the transmittal. And there is there is arguments. I mean, like like we both collect records, right? Right. There there's there's arguments, sound arguments that the audio quality of a record with a great record player is better than you're ever going to get out of a uh, digital file. Little, yeah, out of, out of digital media or, you know, whatever, Alexa, or, or even if you get like those eight, those HD streaming servers like Tidal or something. But I don't think people care. You know, it's like, I'm not... They're not trying to like get in on the high level of because you got to have like fancy speakers and equipment to even get some of those nuance where if you're just listening to it on your echo dot who cares i disagree i think people do care yeah yeah i think people care yes yes very much so i think i think for a little bit people were going very digital and now people I do believe more people than not are going back to physical media. I, I think people are enjoying the, the nostalgic of it. I think people are enjoying the artwork, having something to actually look at and hold. Mm -hmm. I think people are starting to have collections more often than not. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, people are just getting into the physical media again for some odd reason, because, you know, like I said earlier with the beer things, even 20 years ago, maybe you and I, or at least I, I was still getting, you know, physical comic books, DVDs and records. And most people were not doing records. And then all of a sudden, maybe in like 2007, records started to take a huge turn upwards. And now in every city, there's like 10 record stores. 
and used movie and music stores. And mm -hmm. people are gravitating towards that. And then even uh, home video companies, not so much the big ones like uh, Universal or Disney, but the smaller ones, they're getting rights to these movies and they're releasing some pretty intense, fantastic collector's editions of movies that have sure. new artwork, new bonus features and new scans. And they are selling out within minutes. And I think there's a nostalgic form of that. And then even as of maybe five years ago, VHS has come back in a huge way where movie studios are selling VHSs of the movies. But that's but isn't that the point? The, the VHS is coming back. That's bullshit. No, VHS is inferior in almost every way. No, it is. But people are enjoying that. So it... Well, but so, because they don't make VCRs anymore, so you have to find one right. secondhand, and then people are buying have to buy most likely tube TVs to watch it on. But people are doing it, and it's a well, but, it's but you say people like like everybody is you 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 are deep in media and culture and movies and all that, right? Right. Everybody else is not. Like no, it really but, comes down like Netflix. Netflix is streaming in 4K. Yep. Right. So, who gives a shit about some VHS copy of Transformers or whatever? The, I, I don't even know what you'd be watching. Goodies. No, I it's mean like, people. People are watching. They they're going to half price. They're going to, you know, what's it called? Hmm. What, what you use stores, movie trading companies, and yes. All those so they're they're using that, and I think they like the the physical aspect of the artwork on the case. They like putting in actual, you know, celluloid film into something and watching it kind of on a smaller screen, more intimate setting. And I think there's something there that people are drawn to. And, you know, being on social media and seeing all these clubs with thousands and thousands and thousands of members joining it and having these VHS collections, it's pretty insane. Now, for me personally, I have not gone down the VHS rabbit hole yet. I do own a vhs player uh a vcr right now i found one at a garage sale months ago it's like might as well but i don't have any vhs so do would i want that because i agree being a video aficionado i want the best picture i'm not really in the nostalgic way for it so 4ks or blu-rays are always what i'm going to stick to um i haven't gone down the vhs route yet but as far as records go I don't know. There's something about the records that they do sound better and doing like, not like experiments with friends who will say like, you know, my MP3 sounds the same. And I would always show them the experiment of hello, goodbye by Beatles. I would plug the MP3 player into the same speaker system, play that song. And then right after that, play the same song on the record player. And they immediately could tell a difference. They're like, wow. So there's something about that. There's something about seeing all these. And you got a nice hi-fi system too. I do. I do. I have a really nice Technics uh, sound system and all that. But I really do believe physical is still key. Physical media is still key. And yes, digital is very easy. You know, when I get all my Blu-rays, I do add the digital copy because, you know, it's easy just to not get up, put something in. But with digital movies and digital and 4K and streaming, you are getting native 4K if you have the right setup. However, it it varies because 
normally you would have to be hardwired in with an ethernet cable to the internet. If you're not, if you're doing wireless, who knows what's going to happen. Yep. Uh, so it wouldn't be native true 4k. So, but if you put in your physical media, it's going to, it, it's not going to, you know, pixelate or go with various degrees of levels of clarity. So while I like the easiness of that, and even with the music as well, cause you know, Every car now mostly doesn't have a CD player. They have an MP3 that you can put a little memory stick in and listen that way. I like that aspect, but something about physical. Why not have a record player in there? Yeah, it would scratch like crazy. Yeah, well, eight track. Yeah, but you know, a record player in a car just wouldn't make sense. <laughs> it would be skipping and scratching all over the place. How, how does a VHS player in a home hi-fi, or you know, with your your setup? which I would put to you is better than 99% of the people I've ever met. <laughs> what the hell would, it, it's like buying a Lamborghini and going to the grocery store. It's your grocery getter. It's like, you know, why would you have a VHS player set up on that system at all? Who gives a shit? What, the only reason that you should have a VHS player on your system is if there's stuff that's not streaming and not in digital media that you can't access any other way. And there is some 70s through 90s nonsense that that was released on VHS that they never re-released in a digital format because who's gonna pay the money to kind of recut that and bring it all into current format. But, but to me, my, my point is the nostalgia is temporary. The nostalgia is gonna go away because it's nostalgic to you because you care, but, but it's about if it's inferior or superior because you're, you're your warm fuzzies that you feel about remembering the good old days. No one other, the younger generation doesn't give a shit about that. And so, so it's going to be about what's better. But yeah, the younger generation really likes the retro stuff and they will go back to that. That's why I think physical it's, it's media. It's cool. It's because it's cool. But that, that coolness will go away too. That will evolve. It really just comes down to, is it better or not? Right. Right. And, is it better? So I, I mean, I will always say physical media is better than digital. And See, I disagree. Then, I don't think it is. Why? Well, okay. So, because again, you know, it's part, it's, it's ridiculous. Here, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why. And then I'm going to tell you why I'm wrong. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to argue against myself for a while and tell you why I'm right in the end. Perfect. So the, the why is that like right now I have a ton of movies, you have a ton of movies. And we have like binders and cabinets and boxes and bookshelves filled with DVD cases and Blu-rays and all this crap. And it takes up like a room where right now you could get something that essentially is the size of a toaster and you could put all that media. You can compress all of that into a thing and it's easier to find stuff it's easier to access it it's easier to share it you know you could set up a plex server and then all of a sudden create your own kind of netflix op operation you want i mean the the and i would put to you that especially unless your setup is state-of-the-art where you got all these t1 lines kind of coming into your house and then you have like all this nice kind of setups with projectors and sound systems and you got your Dolby Atmos and your Dolby Visions and all that good stuff at home that 
you know, if you if you because your point that you said earlier was like, oh, you on your setup, you know, you you plug in an MP3 player, you play the record, it's gonna there's an appreciable difference. I agree with you on your setup, but when you're just plugging into somebody's home setup where you know their their Echo or their you know Google you know studio box or something is is their kind of main speaker system the difference is far less appreciable that, you know, it, it's, it, you, you know, there's no tube amplifiers and all that other stuff. So, so from the consumer's perspective, I think they're going to find it very similar. Now here's why I'm wrong. And why I, because, because it's very hip, hypocritical of me. Cause I, we talked about my record collection and all the other stuff too. Um, I collect records for the social aspect of it. I mean, I do, you know, I like sitting in a room. It forces you to listen to a side, you know, at a minimum where, you know, if you're just listening on, to a playlist on Spotify or whatever, it's it's going to just play tracks, right? It's just going to play individual songs where when you're listening on a album, you got to kind of run through the side just because I'm lazy. I'm not going to stop it. And I'm not doing 45s for God's sakes. That's just too much standing up and changing records. So, 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 so you're going to listen to a side and what's fun is when you get a group of people and you kind of either like, I have my setup, like you can kind of have like a little kind of presentation stand where you set the record that you're currently listening to, or I see folks all the time that will pass around the sleeve and you're kind of looking at it while everybody's kind of listening to it. And it becomes like an interactive group experience. Right. Where it's and to me, again, it gets back to the beer discussion where it's about the social. It's not about the beer itself. It's about the environment in which I'm enjoying the beer. And it's the same thing here where it's not about listening to that song. It's about experiencing that song in this setting with these people in this environment. It, it, it's the whole experience of the thing. Right. And I, I agree with you. I mean, I've had, you know, record clubs that I belong to where. Sure. We go once a month and we bring our own records. We listen to the same record and we talk about it. I like the yeah. aspect of it. Um, and I like that element. And I think physical media brings that sense of community and like a team together and friendship where digital definitely doesn't do that. I agree. So, yes. So, and I think that people don't care anymore, though. They're not no, going to do it anymore. I think just, people care like more about theater. that. People care because more about watching that. a movie in a movie theater is a communal experience. It's about hearing the person next to you laugh and you're laughing too at the comedy or it's like <laughs> gasped and all this other stuff. It's about, it's about the experience of being around people all having a similar thing. And people like want that more now than ever now because we've been in quarantine. I, I think, I think that you, what you're saying, most people would agree with until you put it to practice. And then it's like, people would rather just watch their shit on their phone or listen to it in their, in, in their AirPods, they don't want to deal with the whole thing of people anymore. It's like, it's like I, I agree with you that we do crave, we're social creatures, we do crave that community. But we also are tired of everyone else's nonsense. 
I don't know about that. I don't think so. I think I'm tired of your nonsense for sure. Well, you've been tired of my nonsense at the second day we've met, but you're still here. Which what says that about you? It says I'm a very patient and loving person, very forgiving. A sadomasochist masochist is what you are. Just constantly punching myself in the garage. Yes, Rochambeau myself. Um, so we're I. I get where you're coming from, but I think even more so now, I think people are into physical media because all of that. So to round this out, do you think, so you're saying that physical media is not the new wave of the future coming back, like the new old wave. You think digital is gonna even get more impressive and everywhere and there's still gonna be a decline in physical media. Technology is going to work its way. It's like one of the last holdouts because I'm I'm digital on almost everything except for vinyl, for the reasons we just talked about, and books. And books is just because of the, you know that's that's how I've always read my whole life is through physical kind of books. And I've always been like, oh, I love the smell of a book and getting a new book and even, or a super old book too, which I've had the pleasure of experiencing a couple of times in my life, like you know books that are over a hundred something years old and just, you know, the smell and the feel, it's completely uh, unique, but right. that being, and it about the experience, right? Yeah. But that being said, here's an example on books. Amazon has released on their Kindle thing, some, this thing, this feature they call word runner, which is basically instead of like, you know, how do you have like those eBooks where it has like a page at a time and you kind of flip through the pages, like you would like a physical book. It has a thing where it just pops up one word at a time in yeah. the very center of the screen. Yeah. And it I've has an that. algorithm in there where the longer the word is, it'll pause a little bit more. Or if there's a period or some punctuation mark that causes a pause, it will build that into the thing. And it basically, yeah. I, I've doubled my reading speed. Yeah. That, I've, and, I've, and done, I've actually done that anyway. before. I've done that. Yeah, before. I'm a fast reader anyway, but it's doubled my reading speed. No, that's great. And so I can get through a book in, in a few hours now. Yeah. And it the, the fact that I can consume that, that technology is an enabling function to allow me to experience more faster. And it, and it allows me to consume more, which is working for them. I want to buy more ebooks now. And so the thing is, my holdout is on books and some vinyl but i'm gonna they're gonna win me over because they keep coming out with all this awesome stuff and so i know it's like i'm i'm nostalgic and all that stuff and they're gonna win me over that's how i know that digital is gonna win because they're gonna win me (laughs) okay that that's like your opinion man So do you, so to end it, do you recommend digital or physical media? If you had to pick one. I I think, I think both have their place, right? If it's, if it's, if it's about consumption and about individual, about you, you getting the art or the information, digital is the way to go. If it's about. Okay. I mean, let's say, let's say this, let's say this. If. If, da- if, if David Bowie's people released an ultimate set of all of his music videos, his movies, and his music in one ultimate edition, 
you can either buy it all digitally or you can buy it all physically. Which one would you get? It, 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 price wasn't an issue or anything like that? No, it was the same price, both digitally and physically. I'd probably do the physical media for the reasons that you and I haven't even talked about yet, about like, you don't really ever own anything digitally, right? Right. It's like you have a license to it and they could eventually just take it away. Like if you buy a movie on Amazon, you're not buying the movie. You're buying the right to watch the movie. Right. You're buying the right to watch the movie, which at any point they can take it away or they can say like iTunes, if you buy the physical copy and buy the digital copy at some point, they can say, Oh, we're going to charge $2 a month for you to use this service. And and I see what you're doing. You son of a bitch with Bowie. Cause it's like for the folks that hold the don't know, I'm a huge Bowie fan. It's like, he's, he's, he's my, he's my top of the mountain. But, um, the I, I would say though that if it was half price i'd probably go digital right if if but if, if it's about just this if it's the same price for both then i feel like you're getting more ownership rights which is which is something greater than the the digital version so i, I would take the physical offering but you know i i i i know that i'm inevitably fighting a losing fight internally because it's like you know because then my wife and my they're going to be like what are you doing with all this crap get this out of here get, get i'm still trying out. to figure out how to get rid of all my books and my, i have like eight bookcases filled with books in my house <laughs> i have i have thousands of dvds i need to get rid of so um so i i know that i'm on the losing side of history it's just my compulsion and my completionist things it's like which is you know, I'm I'm all in on nerd culture on that front, right? If you yeah. own seven of the eight movies, you got to go buy the eighth, even though I never want to watch that shit. Right. Well, there you go. The big issue, I think we're both in agreement that physical media is the way to go. You heard it from Wide's mouth. He would choose physical media. That's what I heard. <laughs> the thing is yours, Brian Kluger. Enjoy it. <laughs> I pulled my secret weapon of David Bowie out and it worked. <laughs> yeah, my god, the Bowie compulsion. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. All right. Let's move on. Two legitimate podcasts, Multimedia Men Podcast Network, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Hello. We're getting Share back with folks. In- I mean, I don't know. If you're enjoying this, I don't know why you are. But if you are enjoying this, go tell a friend about it. Tell a friend. I mean, because it's like, you know, this is fun. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I mean, to me, especially in these crazy times when folks are kind of isolated a little bit, you guys got friends in us. You know, yes. it's like, we love you. It's like, we do care about you. And it's like, it sucks. And so 20, you know, 2020 sucks. 2021, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and if you don't got a lot of folks to talk to, you know, you got us. You can hear our nonsense. And it's good. like and share, comment, all that fun stuff. It's good. It's good. It's good. So let's move to on. IPA now for the next... Thing we're going to talk about oh good he's moving on to an ipa he likes it 
It's an Imperial IPA, by the way. Ooh, an Imperial India Pale Ale. Good stuff. So we talked about beer. We did beer in our uh, main cocktail at the start of the episode. Now we're going to be talking about our, like, I know why our main event, our beer in film, beer in music, scenes involving beer. What do we do? What? How are we going there? So wide. Um, beer in movies. Let, let's talk about that. What are what are some of the best beer movies? What are some of the best beer scenes in movies what a what a what a great what a great question you know and as i was just kind of thinking about this and looking into it there's the one thing that kind of came clear to me early on there's not enough like beer beer is like a cultural norm that goes back to like ancient egypt and before where thousands and thousands of years there's been beer and beer is in almost every culture and it's things that people can kind of understand and kind of congregate around. And yet when we're looking at like a lot of movies, there, there's not as many beer movies or movies that have beer in them as, as one would tend to think. And I found that to be fascinating because it seems to be an un- underrepresented sort of thing. So, yeah. but you know, let's talk about, let, let's talk about a couple that kind of jumped out at me when we started talking about it. One of them is clearly um, Beer Fest <laughs> by our friends that do the uh, Super Troopers movies, Broken, the Broken Lizard crew. Broken Lizard. You can, you can listen, if you can find Brian Kluger on YouTube, you can listen to my interviews with Broken Lizard uh, star Jay Chandrasekhar, uh, who directs- Who's also the director of Beer yes. Fest. Yes, for sure. That movie is <laughs> silly fun. And it seems like that's kind of indicative of when I say most of the beer movies, that that kind of flavor seems to be most dic- indicative of it, of like an arrested development college mindset, but older guy, dude bro-ish sort of, we're going to drink beer and party and beer, you know, and, and here that, that movie, but that movie's fun for sure. I mean, do, do you like it? I do. I love Beer Fest. That's going to be, yeah, one of my scene highlights. I love it. Here, well, well, yeah, scene highlights for me. I love when the character Jay Chandra Seacar is drank too much playing asshole, and then he goes to the bathroom because he's so drunk, and then he like is so drunk he sees himself as like a suave dude, and he's anything but. And he goes out and dance with people, and he's just a, a sloppy drunk. But then they intercut it with him being a suave dude and then he goes back home with a girl who's this hot model looking chick and then he wakes up and it's monique (laughs) and it's just a great we've all been there before (laughs) well but the term the the term at least that we used back in college and i'm sure it's still used today but i haven't heard anybody talk about it in a long time is beer goggles right yes yes where when you're inebriated that you see the world through a lens that's much more favorable to you than you otherwise would if you saw it soberly, right? And, right. And, you know... Everything is better. Everything looks better in beer goggles. And you're better. <laughs> yes. You're like goddamn James Bond running around. <laughs> yeah, but you're scene, anything but. You're more like Grover. that kind of sensation very well, right? <laughs> yes. Because it's like that's a that's a tough sell to for people to understand. It's like it's like when movies try to do like drug scenes, right? Like a lot of the time it doesn't it's I wouldn't I would put to you, and I'm not a drug user, 
But I would put to you that I don't think that it's very representative of what the true drug experience is like, obviously. But and, and, I, and I would say to a certain extent, that movie doesn't make you feel drunk because it's not confusing in that aspect. But it does highlight appropriately that beer goggles aspect of being drunk that I've definitely experienced once in my, you know, I've, I've, I've thought I was acting like James Bond and clearly I was slurring my words and borderline unintelligible. Right. And just sloppy and slobbering and drooling. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I've ever been there. But that, but Especially, that scene in Beer Fest, not even really, like the last episode for sure. But yes, yes, but no, but that that Beer Fest scene, and it's all about beer, and you know, it makes you want to drink it. And there, it's a, it's a good movie. They did a good job with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that movie is one where you should have a beer while watching the movie. Yes, I agree. I agree. And have some buddies around. Watch some, it on VHS. Get some friends around. And, and and watch beer, beer. Watch, watch beer fest. Yeah, what, I got a few more here, but you got one real fast. You want to kind of touch on? I do, I do. Um, I'm going to go back to 1988 uh, to oh. a g- great beer movie with that starred an amazing Australian man uh, by the name of Yahoo Sirius and the movie is called Young Einstein. And this crazy dude invents rock and roll and splits Adam like Einstein to put bubbles in beer. And that's what the movie's about. It's <laughs> so good. He, he plays Young Einstein. Yes. And Young Einstein's brilliant and invents rock and roll and puts, that's so funny that you brought it up. Yahoo Sirius fell off the goddamn map. He was so hot for half a minute. He, he then, was so good. I was asking my wife like a year or two ago about Yahoo Serious, and she's like, "Who? What are you talking about? What is a Yahoo Serious?" I was like, "Oh my god, be prepared. <laughs> We're gonna watch." And we watched Young Einstein. And what was the other one where he was like on the on the board of directors or something? He was, no, that you're you're wrong. That that's a carrot top chairman of the board oh chairman of the board was a carrot top one okay no but yes. I, i'm i'm definitely right that i was talking about because like i was debating between two and we watched young einstein so just so you know i did watch the young yes movie. young einstein is so good because you know there he plays like let's hear some of that rock and roll the music and like he plays it with like his you know self-made guitar and i mean but the movie's literally he, just well, he about- invented electric guitar yeah, he invented electric guitar and he invented the bubbles and beer, man. Like that's like the yes. move. That's what the movie is about, and it's so yeah. good. It should be part of the Criterion Collection. Why is it, it absolutely should not be part of the Criterion Collection? <laughs> the, the movie's not great because that's what I said. I showed it to the wife, and then I was like, okay, this isn't. I mean, it's fine. It's not yeah. as great as I remember it. No, it's, it's I still. Loved it when I, was, I mean, if you're like fourteen, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're an adult now. So, okay, yeah. so... I'm a you're, grown-ass man. I don't have time for this silliness. Silliness. Well, here you are. Um, so and then here we are. Here you're, we you're are. You can't act like you're out of this. I'm not out of it. So I would, I'm imagining your next pick is something from the Great North, right? Great <laughs> Brew. Yep. It's so good. <laughs> I love Strange Brew. The McKenzie Brothers, it, I mean, this was like a skit that was on like 
what was it SCTV or something like that? I, yes, yes, SCTV. Yeah, it was on one of their improv kind of TV shows, and they turned it into a whole movie. And it's silly, and it's so much fun and ridiculous, and it's totally beer centric. And I love that movie. Have, you you've obviously seen it. Of course, I've seen Strange Brew. I have the soundtrack behind me. Yeah. Oh, haven't. Do you own? Here, here's a quick sidebar. Do you have any soundtrack in your collection where you've never seen the movie? Um, no, not that I'm aware so, of. Is it, it so? When you're listening to the soundtrack, it has to be directly related to your memory of the movie. No, I just, I just like the music from the movies. I like that stuff. But do you like the music from a movie that you've never seen? Oh, most likely. I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe I've gotten the soundtrack before the movie came out, but I eventually saw the movie, but okay. yeah, stuff like that. All right. Yep. Sidebar over. Get the hell out of here. Get so you, you have the soundtrack of Strange Brute. Why? Because <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's not, a, it can't be amazing. I, I have no idea what's on that soundtrack, but there's no way that it's amazing. <laughs> <Here>. <laughs> It's like talking about I have the soundtrack to like old school, you know, where it's just like it's amazing soundtrack. You've got Snoop Dogg, you've got Is there even music in that movie? What the hell are you talking about? Yes, you weirdo. I have no clue. Oh my god. So it, what about Strange about old school here today? Because that has a great beer scene. But yes. so so Strange Brew. You want you what? What's your flavor on? Because were you going to talk about Strange Brew? No, no, no. You talk about it. No, I love Strange Brew. So talk about it. Well, no, it's just I. You know, I mean, it's it's about the two brothers and they're in Canada, and I, God, I don't even know if I remember the whole plot of this movie. I just remember that they ended up having to. There's a lot of hosers, and they got to go. Here, here, help me. Help me. <laughs> There's hockey fights in it. Do you remember the hockey fight? Of course, and I remember the hockey fights because they're all like brainwashed or something, or they have like mind control over these then, hockey players. They're going to go kick their ass. Yes, on the, on the Canadian hockey ice rink slash beer storage cooler area. I don't know what the hell's going on in that movie. <laughs> and then there's there's uh, there, there's an element of Shakespeare in Strange Brew too, specifically to Hamlet. And then there's. Yeah. there's Pissing on buildings? Uh, I don't know. There, there's a lot more to Strange Brew than they let on. No, I mean, it's there's a lot of silliness there, but somebody took time. I mean, the, the people that wrote the movie clearly wanted to make a movie with... It's like, I think they were fighting with each other on having a semblance of a story and having a bunch of as much silliness from their skits kind of built into it as possible, too. I mean, like I said, there's 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 mind-controlled Canadian hockey teams trying to kick the ass and 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 get and help our antagonist win the day you know I mean yeah. it's 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 a fun movie it's definitely one where it's very Canadian friendly I well not friendly is not the right word but I mean there's times where it's poking fun at Canada too but I think in the most genuinely sweet way possible i mean rick moranis dave thomas it's it's awesome i mean it if, if you haven't seen it it's definitely one to watch it's fun even if you don't like beer i mean th that's a movie where having a beer with it is fun because i mean the whole movie is centered around them drinking beer running out of beer then they got to go get beer 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's and good. and it's their adventure to go get beer that turns into this full mind control brewery plot thing, and it just it spirals out of control. But it, it's it's fun and silly, and doesn't take itself seriously at all. And it's a it's a fun recommendation. It's, it's a great it's, one. It's, it's 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 totally less dude broy than some of the other movies we're talking about. True. True. Um, another one, or my last one, I'll bring up. Um, I and mean, there's tons, but I think movie wise, one that is really great to drink with friends, drink beers with, and brings you back to those early days is um, is shit. What's his name? <laughs> well, I'll just say the movie Days and Confused. Richard Linklater's oh. Days and Confused. Man, yeah. that movie yeah. is all about high school freshmen and incoming seniors incoming freshmen and the goal in life in that movie is to drink beer with your friends and it's so good and to see the older upperclassmen drinking beer like it's no thing and the incoming freshmen doing it and how it's like the biggest thing in their life is just so pitch perfect growing up and wonderful i I love that movie and i love drinking beer to that movie because I mean, especially in Texas, because it takes place in Texas, so it doesn't matter right. what beer you're drinking. I mean, it's I mean, the dude literally pulls up, opens the trunk of his muscle car, and it's just filled with ice and beers open. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And then no, you know, it, you like when the, they paddle the incoming freshmen, they give them beers afterwards. Like it's it's so good, and like you bond over that. I I love it. It's. You know, I, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, here, here, here's a here's a hack for anybody making a movie. If you want to get Texas people to love it, just mention Texas in a positive light somewhere in there. It's set it in Texas, and everybody from Texas is going to be like, "This is the best goddamn movie of all time!" Yeah. Wait, you don't like you don't like Link Ladder's Days and Confused? I like it. Okay, we we're gonna have you know what? That's a whole separate podcast where we were talk about because you, when you and I went and saw that god-awful sequel that you fucking loved and turned into a whole thing everybody wants some yes garbage but you know whatever that being said no it's fine i i I like dazed and confused fine i don't even consider it much of a beer movie to be honest with you but i I get uh, the scenes are totally I, i get where you're going and it makes sense i've never thought about it in that context but it might make me appreciate it more i'm gonna have to go back and check it out again no, Can I throw good. one more out at you? Yeah, throw one more out. There's one here that I say because I think that this is my top of the list. If I have a beer movie that I'm picking, it's going to be um, uh, The World's End, Edgar Wright. Oh, my God. That's like one of the best movies. And it actually has like a deep meaning and scary meaning and true friendship meaning to that movie. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, for the folks that haven't seen it yet, first, you should. It's awesome. It's the third movie in Edgar Wright's, what he calls the Cornetto trilogy, with uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz being the first two. Uh, the World's End is basically about some some guys in England that um, are basically kind of older and are going back to their small town to go do a a pub crawl uh and around and and there's like you know 10 or 12 pubs that they go to and they kind of uh, to kind of relive the glory days and 
there's really solid growth arcs and there's a weird twist that happens in the movie that makes it totally fun. The movie is so dang layered. Edgar Wright is such an underrated director, in my opinion, still. It's like, he's he's one of those where there's there's like three or four directors where I shut up and take my money, right? It's like, if whatever you make, I'm going to go and support it. And he's one of them where, it, and, and that movie, I love that movie just because uh, the, the, every time I watch it, and I've watched it multiple times, every time I watch it, I pick up a new wrinkle of it that I didn't notice the first time. And it makes me even appreciate it more because it's so much more well thought out than I even thought. Um, I don't want to give spoilers here. So I'll, I'll tell you later on about some of the things that I just saw in one of my most recent watches of the movie about, I, I'll put it to you this way. Just pay it. I paid this time around. I paid attention to the cars in the movie and I picked up on something that i never saw before when I, when I paid attention to the cars. And yeah. so um, very fun. It's a, it's an awesome movie. Edgar Wright rules. Uh, the movie's fun, even if you don't get all nerdy into beer. If you love beer, you're going to love the movie. If you don't, you still might find the movie pretty enjoyable because it's really about um, growth and development. There's a great arc. It's it's awesome. It's really good. It's really good. So those are movies with beer. Watch them. Uh, let's move on to music with beer because there's songs about beer. There's songs about drinking for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm going to start out with a song that I really like to enjoy a nice, a nice little beer to it. I mean, it's not a rager, but it's definitely one of my favorite artists of all times, if not the t- in the top two. Um, but Tom Waits, um, on one of his first albums, Nighthawks at the Diner from 1975, before he became really raspy, um, he sings a song called Warm Beer and Cold Women, and it's fantastic. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, song which I love. There's warm beer and cold women No, I just don't fit in Cause every joint I stumble into the night It's just how it's been All is double knit strangers Warm beer and cold women Just sit there with some candlelights, listen to that song, it's good stuff. It's it's really good. It's really good. It's like, go ahead. No, you you. What about you? Or do you do you know the song I'm talking about? Absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. No, it, it's it's a great one. There, there's like here a song that I think about, like just sitting in a at a bar, in a in a day drinking kind of afternoon, having a beer, maybe having a day, you know. It just like how do how do we kick this into a new thing and get my head in a different space and get it more kind of in a positive flow? Yes, um, like some John Lee Hooker bourbon scotch beer. Come on now, one bourbon, one scotch, and one bill. One bourbon, one scotch, and one bill. Hey, Mister Bartender. That song, that song gets me in a, in a zone right away where um, I, I, you know, even if I'm in like a sour mood, that, that 
that song will start to turn that vibe around and, it, and you can pick up like one or two tracks after that you're going to be in a good space so that one's one that really gets it for me what about you um i'm gonna go real mainstream here from the early 90s but friends in low places by garth brooks because i got friends in low places where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away If you don't want to drink a beer to that song and sing along stadium style, oh my goodness. That's a fun song still. It's great. You want to have a beer. You know what? I can't argue with that one bit. It's like one of those. What, tell you what, I'll even go deeper in the bullshit to make that pick seem awesome. Is Let's talk about like Pub Thumping by Chumbawamba, where it's just like... <laughs> I'm making I'm making your pick sound classy now. So I this is this is me giving you the boost because Tub Thumping is a is a is a drinking song, but it, it is Friends in Low Places is one where I actually enjoy it. Uh-huh. Tub Thumping is one of those where you're a little embarrassed by it. Yeah. No, I, 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 I hey, I'm I'm a fan of Chumbawamba Tub Thumping. It's a fun song. Pissing the night away. Pissing the night. I'm drinking whiskey drink. I'm drinking butter drink. No, it's a good one. It's a good one. I like it. It goes with friends in low places. Also, my last one I'll mention, and I'm going to say it's a beer song because I think it's a malt liquor, like a 40-ounce malt liquor, which I'd imagine is a beer, right? Technically, no, but let's say yes for this conversation. I'm going Beastie Boys, Brass Monkey. saxophony and it's all about drinking that malt liquor in a cup man that beer in a cup funky monkey brass monkey that's not about drinking beer it is about drinking get out of here with that (laughs) isn't brass monkey is what they're talking about isn't that drinking the malt liquor is that what it is there's a malt liquor called brass monkey is that what you're telling me i thought that's what they i i'm pretty sure that's what it is oh well i Maybe I'm learning something new. You know what? I'm the asshole. So I gotta go look that up. Because it's like, I know about a brass monkey, like a drink drink, like a cocktail, yeah. and they have a shot version of it. I, I've never heard of it as like a malt liquor before, but now I'm going to go look that up. So, okay. No, I mean, I That's think what that, I Yeah. Well, if, 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 yeah. if you're right, I'm going to say that's the best song on the goddamn list. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So do you have a last one? I don't think I can top Brass Monkey. If that's real, I'm not topping it. So I don't even (laughs) want to bother throwing another one out there. You're not going to say a tear in my beer? No, Beastie Boys is going to kick the ass out of everybody else that we're talking about. The Beastie Boys rule. It's like fight for your right to party. We could just say that, and then there you go. Either there, way, it's a winner. We're done. They were done. They'll, well, Beastie thank you. Boys just get you turned. They, they do. It'll get you crunk. It's good. I like it. So there you go. That is our beer segment. Oh, my. Check out that music. Check out those movies. 
Let's move on to the filtered signal where we pick an obscure movie or television show we want you to check out this week. Wide. What do you got? So, you know, I was thinking through it, and it's like we've been in some tough times for a while now, right? And it's like one of those where I want to pick something that lightens your heart, makes you feel good, and maybe give you a chuckle, a laugh. And there's this one show that I love that I don't hear people talk about. And have you ever heard of the show called Wrecked? Sounds familiar, but I'm not familiar. I know, right? And so the whole thing, Wrecked doesn't make any sense. I'm going to explain Wrecked. It was a show that came out on TBS in 2016 that's basically a send-up, a comedy send up of Lost. Right. Now, keep in mind, this is a send up of Lost. It's the same plot where you get a plane that crashed on a a deserted island. And it's the same storyline, same arc, same whole thing, but it's making fun of Lost, essentially. So it's a spoof. But kind of spoofy, but it takes on its own thing. The character development's fantastic. It's super funny. But the thing to keep in mind here is the reason that you've never heard of this is because it came out in 2016. Lost ended in 2010. They can it took six years. It started, Lost was 2004 to 2010. Six years later, they they make this thing mocking it, kind of. And everybody's like, we were over Lost eight years ago. Why are you making this now? But I'm telling you, this stuff is funny as hell. It stands on its own. It's great. It's got... Um, the uh what, what's the one uh new zealand guy not not britain germain but the the manager guy from flight of the concord steve merchant no 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 not steve merchant come on the the, the not germain clement guy, no no not germain or brit it, it's the other guy that played like the manager in flight of the concords he he was he's the uh, new zealand guy that was in um the south african alien Attack oh, Charto Copley? Is that his thing? The main guy in Charto Co- uh, in um, District Nine was. Anywho, Charto so Copley. this this show has that guy, and he's hilarious. I don't know if what Brian's talking about. Charto Copley could be not, but the point is, here, let's just edit all this shit out where we don't know what we're talking about. But <laughs> no, I said let's edit it out. That's absolutely staying in because you're an asshole. But. <laughs> <laughs> but this show is fantastic it's funny as hell go watch a few episodes the one thing i gotta recommend for you though is that it, it, it is very linear and story there was like three seasons i think three or four seasons but you gotta start and watch them in order which is why i think that it never picked on on or picked up on tbs more than it did is because if you missed an episode on a comedy you're kind of lost a little bit <laughs> but it's it's hilarious it's it's Pun super intended, funny. you'll be lost yeah well now it is <laughs> so you can what about can, you can, brian um i'm gonna go ahead you're gonna ask another thing no i was gonna ask is that how do you find it is it can you find it streaming or is it just kind of you find I, it i know i know that you can find it like on uh at one point you could find it on like the tbs stuff like that okay i'm I'm confident that you could probably get find it on different sort of streaming services if you could just kind of check around 
but wrecked. It's super funny. It's worth the buy, even if you have to buy it. But I would encourage you to check out a few episodes. Um, you don't even have to like Lost to find this show funny. But if you do like Lost, and I think most of the people listening to this probably do, um, it's it's fantastic because it's like you're gonna you're gonna catch a lot more pokey references to making fun of them than it, it's funny. It stands on its own as funny. But if you understand Lost and you're kind of deep in that rabbit hole, it's po- it's jabbing at Lost in ways that it's going to make you laugh. No, yeah, I want to I want to check this out now because I like stuff like that. So uh, mine, I believe you're familiar with Wade, but many a lot of people might not be familiar with it. It was only on for one season and it got canceled. Allegedly, they're bringing it back, but it was a little cartoon series called Clone High. And it's so damn good. So this cartoon series that only aired for one season is about this mad scientist who cloned all these famous people from history as high school students, and they all go to high school together. The main protagonist of the show is Abraham Lincoln, who's like the nerdy, awkward kid who's in love with Cleopatra, but Joan of Arc likes him and wants him to like her too. And the hit black guy is Gandhi, which is all sorts of funny. And being this, uh, one of the sequences in the show, which brings up the beer thing is, um, oh man, what's is it? Booker T. Washington. Um, is it, is that, yeah, Booker T. Washington and Gandhi are in a film class oh, and they are paired up together. And Gandhi is trying to convince Booker T. Washington to make a buddy action cop film and they want to call it Black and Tan. <laughs> And if you could picture Gandhi as like the hip black guy, always like sliding in, snapping his fingers and trying to get the party going, he shows up naked at parties. It's like a beautifully wonderful, funny TV series with Abraham Lincoln, you know, this tall, lanky, awkward kid. It was very smart. And like it got canceled after one season, but Clone High, if you can find it, it's really difficult to find. I think maybe you can find the DVDs like, you know, secondhand for, you know, this quite a bit physical of media ploy, isn't it? That you, yes, have to, yes, it is. you have to embrace physical media to find it. Yes. No, it's, it's good. It's so good. And it's so funny. Like it's, it's smart. Uh, who did clone? Oh, who did clone high is uh, Chris Miller and Philip Lord. Um, yeah. The guys who did Lego movie. Uh, and yeah, well, so, but you said they're talking about bringing it back. Yeah. They've, they've talked about bringing that show back. I've, I haven't heard that. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. So because there was big controversy when it came out because a lot of people didn't like the way Gandhi was portrayed here and like showing naked up to parties, but whatever. I mean, it's, you know, it's a parody, but. Well, at least people are a lot cooler now about that sort of thing. They're, they're less culturally sensitive today than they were. What was it like 10 years ago when that came out? Right? You're, you're very correct. <laughs> So, yeah, no, the, there's been rumblings about them bringing this show back. So, yeah, Clone High, wonderful little wonderful little show if you can find it. Highly recommended. And that kind of brings, you know, a, a kind of an unofficial end to episode four of Too Legitimate. But maybe, maybe Wide has a question again. Brian, this is one of my favorite segments of our whole discussion times here is that we get to talk about basically um, – you know, I, I you you are obviously a 
person that puts everyone over the top, interviewer of the stars. You know, you get you you allow the folks, the common people like myself, to get to know famous celebrities, the the cream of the crop in a better way. But the one thing I've noticed throughout all these interviews that you've done throughout your career now, your illustrious career, is we don't get to learn about you during these interviews. And so I always want to say, hey, I, I want to get to know more about Brian. I want to learn more about Brian here. And, and so the question- Has it disappointed you, you yet? Has it disappointed, been disappointing yet? No, you know what? These are actually some of the, I, I actually, in all seriousness, I actually have learned so many things. You know, I've known you for like 20 years now. Yeah. And I still learn new things here that, that I find fascinating. And- it makes me appreciate you even more. So it's one of those where I, I love this. I love this bit. I don't know if anybody else is enjoying it or not, but I, I found it fascinating. So um, I, what, the, the question I have for you here is, can you talk about the craziest lie that you've ever told in order to get out of like an obligation or a commitment that you've made at one point? an obligation or a commitment that I had to get out of a lie. Like you to. promised somebody something and then you later lied to get out of it. I want to, I want to I know what's the craziest lie that you've ever told to get out of an obligation. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm trying to think of something that I like uh, an obligation that I didn't do. And I lied about, or if I just, I'm just, cause usually I feel like I'm just like, Oh yeah, I can't go to that. I'm not going to that. You're, you're, you are pretty reliable though. The thing is, it's like, you're, you're one where if I said, Hey, can I tell you to do X? You're generally, yes. The thing, the, the thing about you that I love is that you're hard to nail down, right? It's like, um, you'll never commit to something you're very kind of laissez-faire kind of live in the moment sort of thing. And it's hard to get like a firm schedule commitment out of you. But once you do get that commitment, you're usually good to your word about living up to it. But so my thing is, it's like, what's something where you committed to? And then later on, you're like, Oh, I got to get out of this shit. And I have, and then you, you, you basically lied to get out of it. Is it with me? Is Is that what it is? Are you hesitating because you lied to me? So, no, no, because I feel like I've was there. Um, you feel like, you there? Think, like one one thing that comes up. Okay, one thing that comes up, and I feel terrible about it, but it was a whole thing. But you know, we're good now. We were good right afterwards that it happened. But it, I don't think I I didn't lie about it. I just never. I, it's a crazy story. <laughs> and I think about it back then. And I guess back then when I was, you know, 19 or 20, I wasn't full on developed and co confronting people. So like you, I am. You were very, yeah. You're, let me, let me describe 19 year old. I don't know where you're going yet. I'm going to give you a minute because I'm going to talk about 19 year old Brian. Uh-huh. 19 year old Brian was very much, um, he was one that took he viewed himself as a as a glue that could hold a team, hold a group together. He was the fun guy that wanted everybody to have fun and be in a fun environment. And he was the one that could bring even weird, disparate groups that shouldn't normally combine. Brian always prided himself on one where it's like, hey, 
like so and so and so and so would never hang out if not for knowing me but they're going to have a great time and we're all going to have a lot of fun here so he took a lot of pride in being that glue to a certain extent and rightfully so i mean he he is a fun dude and a fun time so why thank you but it, it, but that means also that you avoid conflict in those nature right i mean because the whole thing is you can't be the fun guy if you're the one that's challenging folks which i always found made our relationship interesting because i'm the one that steered into conflict i i embrace conflict because i feel like that challenge gets you to a better result in the end but yeah you're, no, no. So like, I'm very confrontational now. I'll, I'll go up to somebody face to face and say stuff. You like, are I, so not confrontational. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I just turned this into an R rated podcast, by the way. Sorry about the F bomb there. My it's all good. It's all good. I'll take a drink with you. Mm, good stuff. So back, back, you know, more than 20 years ago, I was not as confrontational. wanted everything to be kosher and, uh, all of that happiness. So I was invited to a wedding in college in Kansas City by uh, some dear friends. And I was actually invited to be in the wedding. I was going to be one of the groomsmen. And I said, oh, yes, absolutely. I'm honored. This is going to be awesome. Heck yes. And dear, dear friends there that I met while there. And so um, they invited me. I was going to be part of their wedding party. I was going to be the whole thing. And then I go home for winter break and my lifelong friends that my parents have been friends with since high school, their daughter that were just kind of cousins said they're getting married and they want me to be in their wedding. And I legitimately, I was in my car when they asked me and I said, yes, I am in. This is awesome. I'm going to be part of the wedding. We're going to do the bachelor party. I just can't do it this weekend because <laughs> I'm in another wedding. And they said, well, actually, that's the weekend that's happening. And I say, fuck, um, damn it. And of course, I'm going to go to that one because lifelong friends, as opposed to my dear friends in Kansas and college that I met, you know, a year, year and a half prior. Yeah, fuck my new friends. Right. Well, I didn't lie to get out of it. I just didn't go. I didn't tell them. I didn't do anything. And then they had to get a mutual friend of mine to take my place. And it didn't happen until after their wedding when they confronted me about it. And I just broke down and just said all my peace. I mean, we became friends. I mean, we're, we're fine. We're good. We saw each other afterwards. It was like nothing ever happened. You're, you're but- a terrible person. What the fuck are you talking about? You're a terrible person. So so, I mean, you said I didn't lie, but I just never showed up and never told them I wasn't going to show up to their wedding? Correct. When they were having you in the wedding party? Correct. At, at best, you're, you can't, you're, first of all, it is absolutely a lie. It is a lie of omission at a minimum. <laughs> so, so, so you trying to rebrand yourself as some hero in this story, go fuck No. Yourself. Because you're the you're the you're the villain. Yes, no, for sure I am. <laughs> so I still think about this, by the way, from time to time. You should. It should haunt you. <laughs> Would you imagine somebody doing that to you? No, it suck. What would happen here? What would happen if if um you'd have a backup plan? You're like, hey, do you want to be in the wedding? That's fine. 
Well, but could no, but but put yourself in the headspace for a second here. It's your wedding day, and and, and you're married, so you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's your wedding day, and you're like, "Where's Jeff?" Hey, everybody, where's Jeff? And they're like, "Jeff's not here yet, man." It's like somebody text him, and then they're texting, and I'm sure they texted you that day, right? You're yes. not picking up the text, obviously. I mean, granted, you're, granted, this was 2003, so pre-text, pre, pre yeah, so it's call, no yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, there was no texting in 2003. That that technology didn't exist, until right? 2019, right? So no, they were texting you and saying, "Hey, dude, you coming? Where you are? We got we're doing pictures," and you're all like, "Fuck all!" You ghosted him. I did. You're a bad person. I felt it was it was so painstaking. So these lovely people showed up. I, I to... mean, I mean, here, like I'm giving you a hard time for a second here for everybody at home, though. It's like you have to be physically pained by this story. No, it, it is no. It's, it's so it, it's it's very you're such out a of character. Person. For me. No, it's very char- out of character for me. But I I didn't know how to handle it back. When I was younger, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna let them down." I don't. You were 19, do you said. Yeah, and I don't. I don't want to let them down. I was 19 or 20, but I didn't want. I was like, "I don't let them down. They want me there. I don't know how to handle it." Instead of just saying, "Hey, I got this other wedding," I just ran from it, and that was the last time I. That was the last time I ever did something like that. So, how did you follow up with them? So like, actually, like- they they showed up at my apartment at 11:15 without notice, and we just we hashed it out there. They were. I mean, these people are very awesome and forgiving and great and i just i just kind of i i completely you know fell on the sword i was like you know look i didn't know how to deal with it emotionally i just wanted to be there for you guys and i know i was excited and i didn't know how to tell you this bad news about me not being there and i just didn't say anything it was on it was me it was you know we we had like we, we talked for like two hours we made up and I mean, and then it was fine. We we always met. Well, you said they each- showed up at eleven fifteen, though. I don't understand. No, eleven. My my apartment was eleven fifteen, Louisiana. They showed up, you okay. know, regular hours. But no, they showed up, you know. How, how long months. after the wedding? About a week, or maybe after their honeymoon, whatever. After their honeymoon. They just yeah. So after their honeymoon, their first stop was your fucking house, and what happened? No, yeah, because we were really good friends. Like we became we we watched wrestling together all the time. We weekly, you know, I love them you know, and then we always went out after that. But I, I, yeah, like you said, I'm still haunted by that and my actions for that. And I'd like to think that I definitely grew out of that. And I have not done that since I always confront it with that. Cause I know how much it hurt them. I know how much it, it hurt changed them. you. No, it, it definitely did. So, so I mean, cause like, you know, I mean, it made confrontation. Is it, is this the thing that kind of leverage you to say okay it's better to address it head on than to let it just sit and fester. right yes because you know i talked to my roommate in college uh about it and if anybody knows my roommate in college he's blunt forceful always crazy up front and we talked about it he's like you gotta be well liked huh and well liked in what light and well liked oh yeah and well liked yes people love them yeah and so i just kind because, of i mean i'm assuming i'm assuming that your your desire to avoid confrontation is based out of a people-pleasing mentality 
Right. Just always, always make everybody happy. And I learned then, you know, and a little bit after that, that that's not the case at all. You can't make everybody happy no matter what. And, you know, now it's just kind of like, hey, tell the truth. Just be blunt and honest with it like my roommate was. And I saw how well that went. And it was easy, you know. And, and from then on, just like, no, don't run. Just like, hey, how easy would it have been for me to say like, hey, guys, I know you want me there. I know you asked me. I know I said I'd be there. But these lifelong family friends that I've known since I was three, their weddings the same day and I have to be there for them. I'm so sorry. I'm going to send gifts. We'll see you after and before. And they would have understood. And my idiotic mind back then could not comprehend that. And my only thought was, run from it, don't answer it, and it'll make itself better. You kind of became a man on this day. Yeah, I, I became a man. <laughs> a mile. Now you're a mile. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that. That's the answer to your story. That's, that's again, like all these conversations, I learned so much about my friend that I've known for so long. It's It, it, it boggles my mind that we. I still learn something new every day. I guess that's why the love stays so fresh. It stays so fresh, and I hope I just don't bore with these answers. And again, to the people listening, I don't know these questions before I go into them, so I have no, no idea what's coming. Kind of, that's why I kind of talk for a second here is to give him a moment to kind of think it through. But no, these are these are one hundred percent out of the blue for this guy, and he has no clue. <laughs> and I, I promise you, Brian, though, because I know that you want to entertain the masses, and you do a great job of it, but. These are interesting. I mean, like your your answers are always way more interesting than the questions. So, I'll put it to you that um, you you haven't ceased to to amaze, and 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 there's been no disappointments up to now. You always kind of boggle my mind with your crazy bullshit. I can't wait for you to write your story because it's like in the end, uh, your real life is pretty goddamn weird and interesting. It's very weird and interesting. But yes, that's why we have beer. Lend me your beers. Hey, so, I mean, it was a beer episode. Was it fun? It was great. It was great. Episode four of Two Legitimate. 